Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The jig is up. You cannot keep being dwindled and marginalized and disrespected and dishonored. That's Fran Drescher, the president of SAG-AFTRA, the union that represents film and TV actors, announcing yesterday that its 160,000 members are striking, with actors expected to form picket lines outside of studios later this morning. SAG-AFTRA members will join already striking Hollywood writers. Such a labor stoppage by both unions at the same time hasn't happened since 1960, and it basically shuts down Hollywood production. So what do the actors want? Higher residuals from streaming platforms, more generous health and pension packages, and labor protections from artificial intelligence. In her press conference announcing the strike, SAG-AFTRA's Drescher cast the strike in stark terms. The entire business model has been changed by streaming, digital, AI. This is a moment of history that is a moment of truth. If we don't stand tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. What does the other side say? In a statement, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers argued it offered the actors historic pay and residual increases, higher caps on pension and health contributions, and a proposal to protect performers' digital likeness from AI reproductions. In an interview on CNBC yesterday, Disney CEO Bob Iger called SAG-AFTRA's demands unrealistic, given the economic and technological challenges facing the entertainment industry. There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. And they are adding to a set of challenges that this business is already facing that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. So they're not being realistic? No, they're not. We'll note that Iger makes upwards of $27 million annually as head of Disney and just signed a two-year contract extension. The strikes by actors and writers, if they continue, are expected to have an enormous impact on California and especially L.A.'s economy as studios go dark and location shooting stops. And a note of disclosure, I and many of my colleagues at KQED, the station that produces this show, are members of SAG-AFTRA, as are employees at some other public radio partner stations. We, though, belong to the broadcast arm of the union, which has individual contracts with stations and is not taking part in the performer's strike. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night. 
knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. The heat wave that's expected to blanket large swaths of the state is forecast to push temperatures in Palm Springs to more than 120 degrees this weekend. The city is struggling to keep its growing homeless population safe in the heat. KVCR's Madison Ament reports. In cooler months, people flock to Palm Springs to soak in the sun. But this weekend, that draw has turned into a danger, especially for the city's some 350 homeless people. Many live outdoors, and the iconic palm trees don't provide much shade. Roman Ruiz coordinates the city's homelessness response. He says people try to escape however they can. Many of the individuals are finding refuge under freeway overpasses or there is a, like a wash area because it's the area that's most covered with bushes and the shaded trees and things like that. And he says people camp out there. Ruiz says there is space at city cooling centers during the day, but at night, 25 shelter beds aren't enough. Temperatures remain above 80 even after the sun goes down. And many of the unhoused are already suffering from heat-related illnesses. Dr. Gemma Kim runs a mobile health clinic. We're seeing like heat stroke, heat exhaustion, um, cramping because of the heat. Meanwhile, temperatures are supposed to peak on Saturday, but are forecast to stay above 110 for the next 10 days. For the California Report, I'm Madison Ament. And what about the hot weather in the state's power grid, which is always a concern during extended heat waves? California's electric grid operator says it has more tools to make sure the power stays on. The California Report's Izzy Bloom has more. The California Independent System Operator, or ISO, reported the state's electrical grid now has more than 5,000 megawatts of battery storage capacity. It's a tenfold increase from three years ago. Last summer, high demand during extreme weather events put an unprecedented amount of strain on California's grid. Gabe Murtaugh, the ISO's storage sector manager, says this milestone means the grid can provide more electricity to meet consumers' needs and reduce the probability of blackouts. This is starting to show a picture of a significantly different grid than what we had just a few years ago. One megawatt of electricity can support about 750 homes, according to the ISO which means the grid's current capacity can provide enough power for about 3.8 million homes for up to four hours. In order to meet California's 100% clean electricity goals, the state hopes to double the current energy storage capacity by next year. For the California Report, I'm Izzy Bloom. With temperatures reaching triple digits in much of California, state regulators are once again fanning out to inspect high-risk work sites. KQED's labor correspondent Farida Javalo Romero reports. According to Calosha, more than 50 workers have died from heat-related causes since 2005. In the coming days, inspectors will focus on industries like construction, agriculture, and landscaping to see whether employers are providing the required fresh drinking water, shade, and training. The agency's David Hornung. Sacramento, Fresno, Modesto, Bakersfield are all going to have inspectors out in the field doing these high-heat inspections. But more than a third of field inspector positions are vacant. Hornung says inspectors from cooler parts of the state will be sent to hotter areas. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero.
And that is the California Report for Friday, July 14th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Keith Mizuguchi and Izzy Bloom. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tovid Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food on the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!